Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. It's time for the SBS Cycling Podcast. It's the end of week one of the Tour de France. And here for, to debrief it with me is, of course, Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am relaxed, I think. Oh, even though, you know what, I have done half a day of work today. Yeah. So, you know, rest days aren't rest days. It's for all the other days you do three days in one. So <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Rest days are not rest days, but we are not going to complain because no. we are here on the road no. of the Tour de France. And we shouldn't, yeah, and then we shouldn't drop the pace too much because that's what the riders do as well. They don't drop the pace yeah. on a rest day. They go for a little ride. Yeah, they get the massage, they stretch, they do all the right things. So, yep. So, you're doing the, the right massage thing. tonight for the whole team? Is that no, no, way, no. <laughs> no, no. Dinner is booked in a nice square in Clermont Ferrand, where we are, and uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, There are very few catch-ups we yeah. do as a group. True, true, yeah. true, true. Okay, let's talk about uh, what made uh, this first week of uh, the Tour de France 2023. Uh, first of all, we have to start with Jay Hindley. Uh, and we'll expand yeah, we'll we'll a little bit more on the Aussies as well, but Jay Hindley, we knew he could be good at this Tour de France. He's pretty much revealed himself straight away. We are sitting here on the race day, and we already had one stage win, a couple of podiums with Caleb Ewan, but also a yellow jersey for Australia by Jay Hindley. Yeah, it, it, it's been a brilliant opening you know, week and a bit. And I think I think the two good things with Jai, um, one, it was a masterstroke by him and the team to get him in the break. He didn't plan to go in the break. So but it showed how, but, he was on. And actually, let's go back to this. How the hell did he end yeah, up in this break? <laughs> exactly. Look, he's the only GC guy, effectively, that has pulled the ball over the rest of the GC guys. Yes. Yeah. On do, this tour, do you think they they and I'd be I'd be a bit controversial here, but did they disrespect him by not thinking it would be possible or capable to do it? No. Or do they just you know you cover so many attacks and then that's the one that got away? Yeah, the latter, the second part of what you said. I think no, I think they totally respect him, and if they don't, they're idiots. Mm. <laughs> but they do, and yeah, they just you know it was a what was it? It was a thirty odd rider breakaway. Yeah, or, yeah. it was a lot. And but even hard for to us, cover everyone. even for us, we it took a, a minute or two to go. Jay is in there. Yeah. We yeah. didn't see him straight away. So yeah. properly he pulled, he, pulled, uh, he, he, he pulled a blinder on this one. He did. And, and the second part of what I love about it, and I'm not a big stats person, but this is cool. He's this, only the second Australian ever that on debut has taken the yellow jersey. Who's the other one? Phil Anderson, of course. Yeah. We so know. it's taken 42 years or 40. It's, you know, it's pretty cool. It's yeah. a cool stat. And um, it was great, wasn't it? Has this been the best... First week in a Tour de France for Australia. It's up. It's up there. I think. I think we can say it equally. Yes, the the best. We have had stage wins, you know, in this first week, generally courtesy of the sprinters, and Caleb being one of those. Robert McEwen, I'm pretty sure, would have in in his peak. You know, at we, his we peak. had yellow jerseys as well from, from yeah, the World Brad Go McGee with, with prologues and yeah, so on. But this, yeah. th this is equal. This is equal. This is this is up there for sure. But we seem to be, and the Aussie contingency here seems to be just a little bit more positive about. We'll talk about it in a, in a later part of this podcast. Week two, week three. Mm. There's so much for Australia to play for again. Yeah. Well, what's cool too is you know we've got twelve Aussies. Yes, yeah. twelve Aussies. There's. Any one of them could just about win a stage, and it's still it's here. actually, you know, it's actually true. When you when you when you go through them, Hindley's won one. Caleb can win one. He's won one before. Guys like Chris Harper Simon and Luke Clark. Durbridge can win a stage. Simon Clark has won a stage, therefore can do. Schultz was second by a millimeter last year. Yeah. He can win a stage. <laughs> they can all, but they can all win. You know, it's so, and it's great. They're all, they all, as far as we know, they're all pretty healthy. 
they're, they're fit, healthy. Um, ben, ben O'Connor did have a bit of a touchdown, but his body's okay, which is good, mm-hmm. you know, off the back of, you know, a terrible tour for we'll, him last year. We'll talk about Ben O'Connor in, in a sec, but yeah. uh, 7% of the riders at this Tour de France are Aussies. At the start. At the start. And uh, there's been a few withdrawals. Exactly. So, so now it's about 8%. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the stats, I'll revise the stats, but it's, yeah. it's somewhere up there. It's, it's huge. Because Australia does not represent 7% of the cycling population of this planet. No, it's, it's, it is pretty cool. It, I mean, if we could get a few more withdrawals and bump our percentage our up percentage. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm joking. I don't yeah. want anyone to, to drop out of this race. Um, yeah, it is. It, it's it's you know it's, well it's an equal hist- it's an equal record mm-hmm. for Aussies at this race. Yeah. And I'm actually wrapped for them because it's a small thing and it'll be a big deal in years to come. They did that team shot before the start. It was fantastic. Yeah, and I think Simon Clark yeah. instigated it on the on a WhatsApp group that they're all on. And you got to do it at the start, just yeah. in case. So yeah. they'll remember that in years to come, and they'll be so glad they did it. Before talking about Ben O'Connor, let's talk about Caleb Ewan. Uh, it's what, he was also our big hope for this first week. Yep. He came ever so close. Uh, he came close twice. Like yep. We said podium on the those two stages. Uh, do you think he's frustrated in his race day today? How, how is he feeling? What's the predominant feeling? Would that be frustration? Would that be willingness to do better how do you motivate yourself to to carry on knowing this tour de france is it's not going to get any easier there's a couple of opening yeah. next week but it's not going to get any easier no they get it gets harder doesn't it um definitely a bit of frustration right now as we speak rest day no he, he'll be chilled he, his mind will be free of it and he would have let go of that opening nine days and I did speak to him off microphone um, at the top of, after the Puy de Dom, mm-hmm. um, and we just had a chit chat. And, you know, I'm a fan. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, personally, you know, away from work, I'm a fan of Caleb Ewan. I think he's a, a, a great rider and I think he's a, a nice guy. So I, I like him. Um, you know, and I said, mate, you can win. Your form's there. And he said, I know it's there. I know it's there, mate. He goes, um, you know, I just need a little bit of luck. I just need a couple of things to go yeah. my way. And I was talking to one of the Swaneurs also, who I know from Lotto Destiny. And, you know, the Europeans, when they talk, not in their native tongue, when they talk in English, I like some ways the way they describe stuff. And this guy was like, you know, he just needs the corners on a ledge and it's just falling the wrong way mm-hmm. for him. It's not falling the other way. It just needs to fall the other way and he'll be fine. And I agree. that You know, I don't think... I don't think he's actually done anything wrong tactically and the way he's ridden in those sprints. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you know, you choose one side of the road and it, and it turns into a blockade. Yeah, sure, you can say that's the wrong way. But you don't know that. Nobody knows that yeah. when they make that decision. So It's a split-second decision at 70 kilometres an yeah, hour. Yeah, so, so I think all of the practicalities of a sprinter and a sprint stage, I think he's made all the right decisions. Mm-hmm. He just needs a little bit of luck. So I... I truly believe he can get get a win before this race is over yeah let's hope so okay we say we're going to talk about ben o'connor um do you think he's happy no i've got, I've got a theory on this one but um, well let's just say it. no he, he's not he he's can i say it in probably in his words pissed off yeah he's a bit annoyed frustrated with himself with the uh, team with the structure no, with no, uh, I think probably, the way it's going i don't know for sure but i would say just with himself He's probably frustrated because he looked very good at the Dolphin. Eh? He was good. He had a, a great ride and result there. So everything was on track. And then the worst worst thing, I'm not sure if that's the right way to put it, it's like he hasn't completely capitulated here. Yeah. 
but he's just not good. So he's, well, I he's sort of in the middle. If his team has already capitulated for him, because uh, Lavenue, his, his, uh, his DS in a, in a French interview, he pretty much said, from now, it's all about stage win. They cannot make top five. Yeah. Uh, it's about giving this, uh, making sure that they're not losing too much energy in, 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 in this race to top five that they won't get, and they're going to go towards stage wins. Well, so does that also, do you think, include Ben O'Connor? Is he, is he as one of the riders that they include in their potential stage win or the targets, or are they looking elsewhere, Kosnefra and so on? No, I think Ben's in that mix, but I think it's the right decision because he's finished fourth. They've finished fourth as a team. Yeah. Who cares about fifth or top 10? Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't. They, they couldn't care less. And as we speak now, Ben sits in 18th place at 14 minutes. So for him to reach the podium, he's 12 minutes behind Jai Hindley. Yeah. He can't. He can't reach the podium. He, he'd have to be, he'd, he would have to get up the road like he did actually when he finished fourth yeah. and take five or six minutes. But he was only five or six minutes down yeah. at that um, in that tour. So at this stage of the race, is it hard, is it hard for someone like him to, to accept this? Does he, uh, he knows, but there's, there's no, a, I don't think, but, I think but, he, he, yeah, that's yeah, a, a good question. There's a difference, be, there's a difference between knowing and accepting it. Yeah. Yeah. How does he accept this? Well, he has no choice. I don't know what the right answer <laughs> is, but I think he just, he has no choice because as you're asking that question, I'm thinking about, I'm doing the numbers in my head of where he sits and, you know, what. It, let's say he goes in a breakaway and takes five or six minutes. It's still only going to put him in just inside the top 10, just. Mm -hmm. So it's done. His GC hopes are done. He can't, you know, he can't do anything about it. I think he, he almost needs to roll in now on a, on a, say, a stage tomorrow, actually lose five minutes, get himself completely off the first page of the GC. Mm -hmm. So no team is concerned of him, uh, you know, taking a spot, taking a 15th, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a young up and comer who's fighting for a top 10 or 12th, you know, because they, they will chase riders down. So he almost needs to lose another five, 10 minutes and then go for a stage win, then okay. go for it. And he, and he can still win a stage win. And that would be a massive salvage. So I, I think he can absolutely salvage this tour, Ben O'Connor. Yep, sure, it's not the KPIs that the team had set out, but he can he can get a stage win, and yeah. that's what he's got to really focus on now. Okay, uh, let's now talk about the battle royal, oh. uh, because you got a theory that I am in love with. Uh, oh really? It, well, except that you're mentioning the 89 <laughs> to the front, and again, we don't. Say, <laughs> yeah. But but I love that idea of this battle being a battle of the ages. Yeah, because this battle at the top, pretty much for the top two of this Tour de France. Unless there's something disastrous happening, we know the battle will be somewhere there. One of them, yeah. So one of Vingegaard or Pogacar uh, will win this Tour de France. Should win this well, Tour de France. We say that, but let's just say it with a disclaimer at the bottom. We're not responsible for anything if Jai Hindley steps up or Rodriguez or they should. You're absolute, and I agree totally with you. But you, you know as well as I do. Grand Tour is a crazy thing. Yeah, and but that, that means like. I love Jai, mm. okay? But my opinion, for him to beat one is hard enough. Yeah. To, to beat the both, to of, both them of them at right. their peak, yeah. he needs 
few coins he to fall his way. He needs bad luck for them. He needs, yeah, you know, he, right. he needs more than one coin to mm. fall his way. Mm. He needs, like, if you go back yeah. to what you said about Caleb, yeah. he needs a several coins uh, yeah. to go, to fall his way. Yeah, a huge coin. Just to yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so let's be pragmatic yeah. and realistic yeah. on this. It's probably going to be tough for Jai Hindley unless something dramatic happened. A double yeah. case of COVID or yeah, so, something exactly. like this. No, no, that's but, right. But the way we are sitting here today, come on, sell me, sell me, make me dream, mate. Okay, make me yeah, dream. yeah. So, well, this is it. This is, it is a battle of the ages, and I think it's one of the best battles we've seen, potentially. There's been a few. The Cadell, Cadell victory was one of the great battles, mm -hmm. I think, with, with Schleck, Andy predominantly, and Frank. But since 89, because, you know, let's remind everyone, and if you're, if you're relatively new to the sport or cycling, the 89 tour was Le Mans Fignon, Greg Le Mans, the American, Laurent Fignon, the Parisian, and it ended with a final time trial in Paris, the only time it's done so, and Le Mans wins by One seven One of the seconds. most horrible sight in <laughs> the history of French sports. Yeah, I mean, you do. I felt, you, I've told you, you know this. Fignon was one of my great heroes yeah. too, because he was this real character, you know, uh, on and off the bike. But yeah, I mean, that... That battle, they changed jerseys, I think. Ch changed, sorry, the yellow jersey, the lead, changed four or five times yep. between those two. It was one of the greatest, wasn't it? And this, although the lead has only changed, well, well once actually, um, Vingago has taken the yellow attack mm -hmm. pog, but now he's twice attacked and dropped Vingago and taken back small snippets. So I've got a question for you here. Uh, I, I believe that... Pogacar is sitting a lot more comfortably today than Jonas Vingegaard. Totally agree. Be because Pogacar knows he can strike. Yep. He's not strike twice. Yep. He knows he can have him. Yep. It's just a matter of time for so, him in his head. But, but you know what's got me? Sorry to interrupt, but you uh, know what's completely bamboozled me? How did Pog lose 50 seconds? Yeah. He, he did not even react. Yeah. Lost 50 seconds. In the press conference says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's bad, but it's, that's fine. You know, yeah. more or less like the sun will come up tomorrow and actually my girlfriend crashed, my yeah. partner crashed and she was concussed and, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, she rode the Giro Donna, incidentally. So he was so cool and calm about it mm -hmm. and then attacks on two stages, mountain stages and drops him. This is why this guy is just a yeah. champion. Like, but he's incredible. Do you see what I mean? He, he sits more comfortably here mm. because... Yeah, in the, in the, in the mindset. Psychologically, he, yeah. He's totally. almost won that battle, even mm. though he's not in the lead. Yeah. He's almost won that psychological battle for week one. They try to crack him. Yeah. They, like, the whole team. It's not it's not just Vingegaard, that's right. It's the whole team mm. that tried against one man. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's and right. they didn't crack him. No, and for no. the last couple of stages, he responded and he cracked the leader yeah. on his own. Yeah. And Vingegaard is burning his, play, his, his riders. He's burning his team. He is, you know, and Van Aert going for stage wins and et cetera, et cetera. And there's people... Actually, we'll know, talk about Van Aert in a Yeah, second. there's people talking about that. So, no, they've made some errors. To me, Jumbo Visma have made some errors and they should have learnt, they should have learnt from their first error which mm -hmm. to me was the, the Tourmalet day. They should never have set a hard tempo up the Tourmalet. Uh, it was too far to go. Like they sent it, they, they set a tempo up the Tourmalet as if the finish of the stage was at the top of the Tourmalet. Yeah. That was what they did because they offloaded all their men when they still had one more climb to go. And, and that was where Pog just went, okay, thank you very much. I'm actually, my legs are back. Yeah. You don't know that. And I'm going to attack you on the final climb. And he did. And he, that was where he pulled, what, 30 seconds or something. Mm -hmm. So... 
oh, it's game on. Yeah, it's absolutely. game on. And, and you know, I'm sure you at home listening are loving it, and we are too. Because you know, imagine if Vingago taken a minute, attacked him again, taken another forty seconds. Most of us would have gone. What, what, this could be a snooze fest. Yeah. What's interesting though is uh, is how the teams, both UAE and Jumbo Visma, are set differently. When you think about it, uh, Van Aert is here for stage wins or being the ultra machine that he is to to just help anyone that drops at the polo- back yeah. of the peloton or help the leader to to go through some more difficult uh, part of the of the stage. But UAE, they've got Yates, and Yates is still in that top five. Yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. That's and, true. And he's still causing problem. And oh, he's, yeah, he's yeah. still They still need to watch out for yeah. Yates. Yeah, they and, do. And the the way the teams are made are made of. It's very two different strategy. So we, when are we going to see this to be revealed a bit more? Do you think the second week, third oh, week? It's, look, it's it's possible. It's possible. I mean, even the stage post rest day, it's three thousand meters of climbing. Mm. By the way, you know, it's so it's not a day for the sprinters, but it's a hard day. I think it's only one hundred and sixty odd kilometers, maybe just a touch over. Mm-hmm. But I was talking to. Gaspar Otto this morning, so one of the directors and former pro for Bora, so one of the key guys, yeah. you know, in, in Jai's ear during the stage. And he said, man, tomorrow's a hard day. He said, it's 3,000 metres of climbing. Like, it's... So, that you know, you could see a, a, a scenario like Jai's attack where he won the stage, where he got in that break of 30-odd riders. Mm-hmm. You could see 15 guys go up the road. Adam Yates slips into it, or Simon Yates. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'd like that. Jake Alula, yeah. Aussie team. You know, so, they, yeah, they, they, we could see that twist. I mean, I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'd actually love to see, just just for the dynamics of the race to change, I'd love to see one of the Yates boys, or Pidcock, yeah. get up the road, take four minutes, have a lead of suddenly two minutes. It would make it an exciting race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that brings me to the to the second battle that we have here, because we... If we assume that the, the win is going to come from either Vingegaard or, or Pogacar, then there's the battle for the third spot yeah. where Jai is in oh, there. Oh, it's a huge battle. But the Yates brothers are in there. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's more players for that one last spot yeah. pretty much on the peloton. It's like, it's a li- you know what it's like? <laughs> it's like? It's like The Walking Dead. <laughs> and and if, if you don't know what The Walking Dead is, Google it. It's yeah. you know, doomsday uh, zombie apocalypse. Jai Hindley's in a room. He's got the broom handle shoved yeah. through the door. He's got a chair shoved underneath. And you've got Rodriguez, Pidcock, the Yates boys, and someone else trying to bash down to get at him. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much what's happening. And it's just not secure. He's, it's secure a bit now, but you know, if they get a little bit more heave-ho, they might bash that door in on yeah. him. So that is going to be a good battle. Who, who impressed you last week? On week one? Is it, <sighs> except all these guys that we, we spoke about. It could be one of them, but uh, who really impressed you? I think... Yeah, it's a good question. I, th- I think probably ultimately Pogacar. Okay. You know, they all did. Jai's win, we talked about it. Massive Yates boys on stage one. How brilliant was that? Mm-hmm. One, two. But the fact that Pog lost 50-odd seconds and we, most of us, most of us went, it's done. Ouch. We yeah. just went, yeah, ouch. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, we didn't want this. In You know, six days in, five mm-hmm. days in. This was meant to be a big battle this year. And then he just bounced back like an absolute champion. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, he's impressed me the most. And his his demeanor off the bike, he's just he's a lovable guy. Yeah, he's a lovable yeah, yeah. character, Pogacar. To me, he's anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's something really special. 
Okay. Uh, Out of the stage wins that we have, I'd like to have a special mention for the Puy de Dome finish and the win by Woods. Mm. Uh, because I guess, I mean, I know, but we were pretty much all cheering for Woods. It was uh, one of these moments where, let's remember, let's rewind back last year, he actually lost a stage in the same conditions where he got caught up 400 and something meters from the from the finish line but this time he's done it to somebody else yeah he's winning this stage and we are you know let's all remember as well how emotional we all were when he he spoke about the trauma he went through um, when he when he won that stage in the vuelta mm. so we we sort of have an, an indicator or george about how he must have felt yeah this emotion great i mean what a deserving winner that's ah. that that win on uh, Puy de Dome, incredible yeah it's up there came from the third group he came from the third group of that breakaway that had splintered yeah uh, i do have a soft swap for i feel for jorgensen he was 40 kilometers solo he gets caught like yeah. you say 400 that's 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 life that's bike racing you just gotta you have to cop it on the chin and he laid it all out there but yeah woods I mean, what a classy guy. You can, you can sort of argue, you know, he's toward, he is, he's at the back end of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of, plenty of talk that the last few years, Israel Premier Tech has been the retirement village for, you yeah. know, the pros that are about to retire, Froomey, um, et cetera, et cetera, Woods being one of those. But major kudos, yeah. You know, he, he could have just flapped around and, and collected his paycheck and, you know, played a role, but he's obviously got he's got the fire in the belly still, Woods, and he could get another one. Yeah. You know, you know sometimes you break the lid off and yeah. it gives you that impetus to get another um, another victory. Yeah, a special mention as well, and that would almost conclude the, the wrap of, of this first week, but uh, Paulus, Nielsen Paulus, Polkado jersey, but we saw him a lot this week. Yeah. He's been very aggressive, attacking a lot. Yeah. Uh, that that is for me one of the riders that we should mention this week. Yeah, he's yeah, he's been brilliant. He has. And you're right, you can't discount the effort that goes into trying to defend a jersey like that. Going I think it's pretty in, blatant. I think it's pretty blatant that the EF team want that jersey. <laughs> well, they they haven't had outside of his ride, his rides, they yeah. haven't had a great no. A great start, remember. Obviously, they, they lost um, Galapaz. Galapaz. So that was a, that was a t- yeah. terrible start. That was stage one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So that's yeah. a shocking start. You know, a guy potentially going to be their GC yeah. man, and you know, to be fair, potentially fight for a podium spot. Yeah. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was no. He's no slouch. We know that. Um, so yeah, they will. I think they will fight for that. But he's got a battle on his hands <laughs> because gee, there's some big, big mountains well, to come. Uh, I can't remember who, who said this in one of the Bonjour Le Tour show when I mentioned this. Uh, I can't remember if it's Kino. It could actually even be you, but uh, saying yeah, and I think it was Kino, and a very good comment saying yeah, okay, there's a battle, but uh, every year in the last few years, it's either Vingegaard or. Uh, Pogacar, the winner of the tour, that wins the, wins the Polkado jersey. He falls on their shoulder by the type of racing that yeah, there is around. So, yeah, yeah. so the battle is massive because he actually, I mean, we see this battle at the top for uh, spot one and two on the podium. But if you are in that competition of the Polkado jersey, your biggest threat is actually someone like Pogacar or someone like, Pog- uh, like yeah. Vingegaard. Yeah, so and they're not even fighting for it. No, no. You've just so you've got to get up the road. Yeah. You've got to get up the road on all of those opportunist mountain days. And if not, if not, even if it's not opportunist mountain day, you know, get up the road anyway. Mm-hmm. Collect, try and get maximum points on the first two climbs of the day. Yeah. And then just to minimise the the loss. Minimise the points you might lose yeah. later on in the stage. So yeah, he's, yeah, it'll be interesting how they s- strategise. Yeah, and I'd I'd love to actually 
you know, be a fly on the wall for that yeah. meeting. How they how they strategize now to to mm -hmm. go for it, but it's yeah. possible. He can do it. Absolutely. Okay. Let's have a look now at uh, the second week of this Tour de France, uh, because as you know, we will do podcast as on race days, and uh, there's a there's a, a certain number of podcasts we will do during this Tour de France. So let's have a look at week two. Um, week two goes gradually. It starts with. 3,000 meters of, of climbing. Yep. But when we said it, it goes gradually because we gradually make our way through France to the Alps with a, a finished uh, next week of Le Grand Colombier, yes. which is a massive climb to finish at top of that week. Yep. So basically, we can say we go crescendo, but that stage to start with, still 3,000 meters of climbing. It's not mean... No, no, it's a tough stage. And, and you know, the other thing to sit, we're sitting here inside talking. It's hot. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating. Like it's hot. <laughs> and you just said before, I think we, we started this, you said it's going to be hot all week. Yeah, the whole so week. It's been they predicted. The coolest place, the coolest um, stages or stage when was Spain. in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, never, <laughs> which, although I should, you know, the Basque actually is a lot cooler than the South. People yeah. think of Spain being hot, and it is, yeah. the central and southern parts. But the north actually is not. Yeah, it true. doesn't get super hot. It actually rained a tiny bit. Yeah, it was actually we had the rain jacket off and it's we hilarious. were wearing trousers. It's the only time I've worn long pants. Yeah, yeah the rest of the time. So the heat over these next few as we cross the country. Yeah, yeah it's going to be that, that. That absolutely has to affect the riders. You know, we see them with the ice jackets on at the start yeah. line, etc. So, but yeah, there's. You talk about Grand Colombier. That's one, two, three. That's in four days, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it's at the back end of the week. <laughs> uh, Saint Gervais Mont Blanc, two days later, and then of course the TT on stage sixteen. Uh, Mont Blanc Courchevel, stage seventeen. So there's some, there's some monster days. Yeah, there is some monster days. Yeah, and you know everyone I've spoken to have said this is. That this, the next week is yeah. probably the hardest no, week of the race. We're heading to the Alps. Normally in the Alps, I eat a, a fondue or raclette. Uh, okay, tra tradition. so what are, we, what are we up? I am We're so not having... It's 35 degrees, mate. I'm not having melted cheese. Oh, they, they, <laughs> they actually don't have to melt it. They yeah, just put it in the sun. <laughs> so what, what, what's, uh, what's our... What are we I going I don't know, for? but uh, it's going to have to be a salad. Uh, it needs tomatoes in it. Where uh, does the Chevrochot come from? The goats, uh, it's goats actually central salad. France. Uh, we, we sort of... Clermont-Ferrand. We are in oh. the area of, of the goat cheese. I haven't seen it on the menu here. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're stopping too early at the Entrecote. I, oh, right. okay. All right. Tonight, uh, tomorrow night, I'm, I'm yeah, up at 100%. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what are you looking for, uh, for uh, forward to this week? Um, and, and how can Jai, let's talk about Jai and the, the, the G6, this is really where our heart is. Uh, how can Jai manage this week? We know it's yeah. going to be, we know traditionally, Small tradition, small history, but in yep. his history, and his tradition is good in the third week. He, exactly. Uh, so let's let's get put this aside. How does he manage a second week knowing this? Well, he, he, one, he can't afford to lose any more time to to the guys that are chasing mm -hmm. him for third. So he hopefully he he had, he had a slight off day on on Puy de Dome, but it was actually a very slight off day because he got dropped three or four yep. kilometers to go. Yeah. And he managed to only lose 15 odd seconds, I think, to you know the best Rodriguez or Yates who went mm -hmm. across the line, you know, of that group, that group that are chasing him. So he actually managed it super, super well. So he, he doesn't want to lose any more time. And if anything, if he can, if he can manage it, he wants to gain time because mm -hmm. because there's that individual time trial. Yes, That's, that is his Achilles heel. Yeah, it's not. He, he's improving bit by bit, and it's only 22 kilometers this year. Um, and but when you've got Yates, but it is, it is like a climbing Yates, yeah. TT. It's so when you've got guys like Yates, uh, 
they, they, they are better than well, Simon, him. Well, Simon, Simon, and yeah. on a, a climbing TT, yeah. you know, like this one, is um, probably right up Simon yeah, Yates' exactly. alley. So, yeah, he, wherever he can take time on And him. Simon's got the experience of having won a Grand Tour yes. as well. Yeah. It's not like he's... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's just got to keep doing his thing, though. I think his team have been exceptional. I think tactically... What's, your, what's your vibe with Bora? You've been a lot close to them because you're doing the interviews at the buses yeah, and the start yeah. and so on and it seems that they they are really in control and they are where they want to be yeah that, is that's my impression is yeah. that yours as well yeah and then Gaspar Otto who I'd, I'd never really spoken to or interviewed um you know until this race I guess maybe I have once before but uh, when he was a cyclist but and Ralph Aldag they're both pretty pretty um you know, pretty chilled, pretty chilled, pretty relaxed vibe. And I think Jai brings that vibe, you know. Yeah. He brings that all through the team. But, and I think when you've got two experienced directors, one a generation above the other, so two different sort of age brackets, which I think is also good. Yeah, I think they're in control and they know what they want to do and they know what they need to do and they're ticking off, you know. They tick, they're doing all the one percenters. So they're doing everything right. And I think at the end of the day, it's his form that will make the yeah. difference. You know, I don't think, I don't think he's going to make any big mistakes here, and I don't think the team will make any big mistakes. He'll if he loses his podium spot by Paris, it'll just be because he's not good enough. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any any other, you know, and Touchwood, you know, yeah. no mishaps or illness, mm -hmm. etc. Because that, you know, those things are possibilities. We we can, you know, say let's not talk about it, but it yeah. is a possibility in a three week race. Do you think he's feeding the pressure a bit? I asked him a question. Uh -huh. I asked him a question, breaking news. Um, I'm <laughs> He's not. not. <laughs> I'm not sure it's out there yet. It probably is on socials, so make sure you go to our socials as well. Yeah. I did ask him a question. Because he's got this nonchalant approach yeah. and stuff, but is it, a, uh, my theory, it's a bit of a defense mechanism as well. He is like this, Yeah. but that's how he sheds the pressure away. I, I Doesn't don't mean there's no think pressure. so. I, my question, I shaped, my, the way I shaped my question was, I said, because I asked him his impressions of the tour in general. Mm -hmm. And then I said, I just want to ask you one more. I said, when you won the Giro, you know, big race, grand tour, you only got the lead right at the very end. So there wasn't a huge amount of attention on yeah. him. I've worked on the Giro. The media at the Giro is nowhere near the Tour de France. We know that. Um, there's media, there's press, but, but there's not a lot of English press that mm -hmm. go. There's just a few, probably English journos, maybe, maybe one of the English TV crews, maybe. Yeah. Uh, like we don't send a crew on the ground, SBS, mm -hmm. uh, apart from the two years I've I've been. So I said, "How has that the you know you've won a stage, won the yellow? Suddenly you are just thrust into the spotlight. You did come here as a outsider to win this race as a Grand Tour winner, and he 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 just sort of went, oh yeah 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 you know ah oh, yeah you know it's been pretty full on, but." It's okay, and mm -hmm. so I think he's. I think he's. I don't think he's putting up any defence mechanisms. Um, he didn't want to talk to us on a couple of the mountain days, yeah. and you know, and he, he. So he's got a process he wants to go to. He doesn't want to talk to us as he crosses the line and stops two hundred metres later. He wants to go to the bus, generally have a shower, then get off, then speak. That's his process. Do you think that's maturity? Do you think that it's him becoming a more yeah. mature and knowing his possibilities? So knowing that in terms of the mid, he also needs to... Well, he can control it that way. Control it that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. And, and that's, you know, for us really, I mean, look, you know, Christoph as well as I do, and in TV especially, we want the grab 
directly after the line. Yeah, they're sweating, they're puffing, they're they're full of adrenaline. And if it's been a great day, they're they're pouring out their emotions. If it's been a terrible day, they'll also pour out their emotions. And and you know, I think Ben O'Connor is maybe slightly different in that way. He's he's a real he'll just pour it out. And and Joe does too. He's he's very sort of nonchalant. And but yeah, he moving forward now. That's what he's stipulated and I totally get it and I totally respect it. It's the Germans, mate. (laughs) There's a no, we will not do this. It's the Germans. This is the way we do it. (laughs) So, yeah, and look, there's an Australian press officer, uh, Stephanie Constan, who's, she's been great and she's a, you know, big supporter of of SBS and so they're, yeah, they're, they want to give us what we want but yeah, you have to play this game and I've, I said to him this morning, I said, look, mate, sorry, we, a couple of times we tried to grab you post directly over the line he's like it's fine i said we do need you every day though yeah, moving yeah. forward you know we need you every day and mm-hmm. he's aware of that so yeah. um so much to look forward to oh yeah it's okay. it's it's this thing's just heating up yeah in uh, temperature and in heating racing. up i'm boiling <laughs> we're in a hot house here i don't know <laughs> is this can you does, what's the story with the hotel? Do they I think just, the air conditioning just packed in it's well it packed it in last night yeah. as well. <laughs> crazy anyway Thank you, Michael. Thank you. That's the life Been on the road. Good, good, and good nine days, ten days. Looking yeah, forward to absolutely. It. And then we'll uh, find you again at the uh, back end of this podcast, at the back end of this uh, of the of this next week. Second uh, rest day. Second rest day. Hope you enjoy the Tour de France on SBS, of course. And until then, it's bye for now. Mm-hmm.